Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait What? Comics Podcast for the Savage Critics website. Continuing our almost-not-quite-on-time schedule, this is episode 36, an almost-didn't-happen shortcast, with Graham McMillan and myself discussing the Doomsday event, JLA, Dan DiDio's Outsiders, Fear Itself, Green Lantern Secret Origin, and Ultimate Fallout, all in just a little more than 45 minutes. Fortunately, the recording levels are a little more steady this time around, so at least we have that going for us. We hope you enjoy it, and as always, thanks for listening. So do you have anything? Should we should we go online and actually I, I, talk I, about I really comments? don't know, because like, I've not read a lot. Do you know right. what I mean? Right, right, right. Well, what have you read? What have I read? Um, God, I can't even remember. I read... Uh, I read the Superman Batman annual because I am weirdly following the Doomsday story at DC. Oh uh, my god, is that the next piece of the Doomsday stories in yeah, Superman Batman? Yeah, I, I, here's the best part. Superman doesn't appear and it's the Dick Grayson Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's essentially another Justice League story. It's another Justice League issue. Wow. Because wow. it's Supergirl and it's Supergirl sorting out a Justice League plot. <laughs> Um, and Dick Grayson aboard the Justice League satellite. Wow. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Who, and who ended up writing this? Somebody else? That... No, James Robinson. It's, it's oh, James, James Robinson. Robinson. Oh, okay. So it is a Justice League James Robinson. Is getting to do what he, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Is he doing the rest of the Doomsday stuff? Is that, no, am he's I doing not two parts. Then Jeff Lemire's doing Superboy issue as he normally does because he does Superboy. And right. then... Um, Paul Cornell then takes it into action for like four months, four or five months. Wow, really? Yes, Paul Cornell. It's, it's, Paul, it's Paul Cornell's next action storyline. It's Superman versus Doomsday. Wow. Okay, I'm totally Cause, like because all of this is all of this is essentially a lead up to the action comic story. Jeez. Okay, I I knew that there was a lead up, but it just seemed to be happening so slow that I was like, okay, this is just something that went horribly wrong and got dumped. Well, on the- it, it, it was a great idea that was hideously <laughs> carried out. Um, the idea was there's going to be one book a month up till Action Comics. Right. And then Outsiders ran like two months late. And so it's pretty much become weekly since then. Oh my god. Like, it, like, I, like first part was in the Steel one shot in January. And then Outsiders missed February and mm-hmm. shipped last week of March. And then the next week there was the Justice League issue. Then two weeks after that, no, uh, yeah, it was it was like second last week of March because it was a week. Then two weeks for the Superman Batman annual, and then this week is the Superboy story. And then like two weeks from now is Action Comics. Holy cow! Holy cow! That's that's some crazy scheduling. But all all because like Action Outsiders completely fucked up the schedule. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's such a it is such a weird like they just got to keep all those pieces moving and when one piece falls apart suddenly it's just all it's 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 kind of a um, I don't know a traffic jam I guess. Also, uh, I I had totally not read any of Dan DiDio's Outsiders until this. Yes. It's even worse than they say. Is it really? Oh, oh my a, god! It's a, like it's appallingly bad. <laughs> wow. Uh, any examples you care to share with? I don't have anything close by. I don't have any of this. Just the plot is some of the shoddiest plotting I've ever seen in mainstream comics. Okay, okay. But also shoddy, not so far as like there's lots of plot holes as much as it's literally like a child has written it. 
it's, wow. it's this happens and then this guy appears and then they fight and then they lose. Oh my god. Oh and my the god. dialogue is, is really um, not good. <laughs> uh, it's also not terrible. It's one of those things. Like I think, and I really blame J.M. Dematius for this, I think the Justice League like um, conversational thing was yes. really bad for for superhero comics because lots of people think that they can write banter. Yes, uh, and they can't. Uh, and that this is a great example of it. Like, there's it's full of like quote unquote banter, which is just <laughs> really not good. Shut up! No, you shut up. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, wow. exactly. Or you know, one of them says something that's supposed to be funny, and it's uh-huh. just it doesn't even make any sense. Uh huh. And so there's there's a scene where this character who I've never seen before like comes onto this lesbian. And her the lesbian being uh, Black Lightning's daughter. Black Lightning's daughter's a lesbian. Black Lightning. First of all, it's two is two, and they're actually called Thunder and Lightning. What? No. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, really. Lightning is in uh, JSA, and Thunder is in Outsiders, and Thunder is going out with, I think her name is Grace, and might be misremembering, who's huh. this like super strong, like quasi quasi Amazon character. Um, anyway, so this guy comes on to Thunder, mm-hmm. and Grace appears, and she's like, "He, she's, he's not interested in you. You're a man," and punches him. And then he's like, "Hmm, I could get used to this type of behavior." And it's really like, "Please stop! Oh please, <laughs> please just stop right now!" Oh my god, that's tr- that's impressively horrible. That is, um, and so so in the middle of all this, Doomsday appears, and he's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm." Fighting you now. Um, <laughs> okay, the next part is after the scene that you just told me about. That's not actual dialogue, is it? Because I'm willing to bet it might be. Because l- luckily enough, um, Jim State isn't actually talking in, in this book. Uh, so, oh, I should probably tell you the entire story because you, you're not even reading the Justice League issues either. Um, so he then, so he beats the Eradicator and maybe kills the Eradicator, much in the same way that he maybe killed Steel right. uh, and flies off again. Uh-huh. And then he shows up in the Justice League issue, mm-hmm. um, kind of in the middle of another storyline, which I, I kind of love. Uh, Jim Johnson has a theory that superhero stories never make sense because one bad thing happens at a time. And so why can't two bad things happen at a time? So sure. he's got this plot where Eclipso is basically taking over the moon. Uh-huh. Eclipso has possessed all of the shadow powered creatures in the DC universe who is who are actually quite a lot like when he gets them all together he like maybe created two and there's like 17 of them or something oh my god uh, it's awesome actually you're like I did not realize there were so many um, one of them is like a Cthulhu monster as well he's created a Cthulhu monster so his powers are shadow based anyway um, so Eclipse so the previous issue has basically taken over the moon and it ends with him being like I'm going to go and take over the Justice League now and the next issue is he's like I'm going to take over the Justice League now and while he's doing that Doomsday just like appears in the satellite and it's like I'm destroying the satellite fuck <laughs> you <laughs> and, and it out, the reason he's destroying the satellite is the satellite is possessed by the spirit of Cyborg Superman ah of course um, and so the Just League issue is uh, Supergirl and Robin and the the new slash old Starman mm-hmm. uh, fighting Doomsday while Donna Troy and Jade fight Eclipso. Uh. Um, and then it, that's the, the 
Cyborg Superman Doomsday continues into the Superman Batman Annual, mm-hmm. uh, where in a moment of I can't tell if it's genius or truly terrible writing, Cyborg Superman kills Doomsday. Mm-hmm. But because Doomsday can't be killed, which is like the rule of Doomsday, right? He just, he just comes back with an upgrade. He then gets turned into the Cyborg Doomsday, using <laughs> using the Cyborg parts of the Cyborg Superman. Wow! What? <laughs> Honestly, I can't tell if that's genius or terrible. I really, I really don't know. <laughs> Well, I have to say, and this is really unfair. Let me break it into two parts. One, I, A, I have to say that that based on what you described compared to the Outsiders story, I would be more inclined to read that JLA story. It sounds kind of interesting. What with the multiple, you know, the twin um, threat approach, which is weirdly JLA-ish in a way to me. Yeah, it really uh, is. And, you know, you've got to split the team up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and... B, I never realized how awesome a phrase uh, "cyborg Superman" is until I heard you say it out loud three times. I'm like, <laughs> it's like that's, that's what he's been called all the way since whenever. Sure, reading it, it's like reading it. It's like, huh? Yeah, you don't pay attention to it because it's dumb. But when you say it out loud, when you say "cyborg Superman" out loud, it's like sun, it's like sunshine Superman. God, I can't say it. Sun, sunshine sunshine Superman? Superman of of the 21st century cyborg superman cyborg superman it's just it's great i i want to say it lots well don't worry <laughs> he's probably still alive um because he, he always yeah. that that's my favorite thing about cyborg superman he always gets quote-unquote killed and then he always appears in the next story pretty much with the same excuse yeah. which is you thought you killed me but part of me escaped and now i'm <laughs> possessing this new exactly. computer that i've reconstructed a superman body with again I, always like yeah. the best the best part about the justice league or the superman batman annual is he kind of gives that up after a while and he's like okay i still have this body but really i'm just possession possessing the entire satellite and so the satellite is my body what again is a one? I, I can't tell if it's genius or terrible. Is the satellite then turns into Cyborg Superman's head? <laughs> again, is that genius or terrible? I honestly can't tell. I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, technically, as far as the rules of logic apply, probably terrible. But in the sense of kind of awesome and like exactly like over that, the top, that, like that. Honestly, I've realized is the appeal of Jim Robinson's. Justice League for me. Mm-hmm. It is full of moments where you're like, this is either terrible or spectacular. Right. Well, which is which is one of the things that was actually fun about Batman Superman when Jeff Loeb started it out. You know. Yeah. No. Batman no. Thing. Exactly. Um, and so the the the, the punchline for a better way of putting it of the Superman Batman annual is if you've been reading Justice League, Supergirl has gone evil uh, in the, the previous storyline, and no one knew why. Uh huh. She basically hit with this like big power ray. And afterwards, she's wearing like a black costume, and she's like, "Fuck truth and justice! I'm out for myself." Um, and they've not really explained this. And Superman, Batman, Annual, uh, the satellite starts basically by itself. Like she's in sick bay, and it starts analyzing her. It's like you're dying. <laughs> you do know this is what's happening. You're dying. Uh, um, and the reason she's dying is it's just like grounded. The Superman story. It's her grieving process for losing her mother and father during the new Krypton arc. Mm. That has like manifested itself as her just having a psychotic break, mm. hmm. um, and she's pretending to be someone else. 
Right. Um, so the story ends with her being like, I can't do this. This is completely ridiculous. I've got to be who, who I am. And then like she's back in her normal life and she's like, I'm going to be fighting for truth and justice after all. Which, eh, but at the same time, I liked the idea that it wasn't just that she turned evil. Oh, the right. other thing, I, the other thing I liked about it was, at some point, someone says, "You're not evil. You're just selfish," <laughs> which I thought was really, really nice because, like, she was superhero evil. Do you know what I mean? And I really right. someone in the comments just being like, "That's not evil." Right. Right. Exactly. That doesn't really count as superhero evil. That's. Yeah. Re- I mean, that doesn't count as real evil. That's just superhero evil. That's really funny. Huh. Yeah. And, and, and Robinson's Justice League is full of things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I really like his Donna Troy, because his Donna Troy is essentially someone who's like, I've had all this grief in my life, and I'm sick of it. I'm just going to punch things. That's all I want to do. I just want to punch things. I don't want right. to think about it. I just want to punch things. Right. And when she doesn't get to punch things, she gets really upset. <laughs> you know, she's like, this, this is great relaxing, but I kind of want to punch things. Right, right. Wow. Well, you know, honestly, it could be worse. It actually sounds... Uh... Oh, it really could be. And I, I, so I'm, I'm not really... I mean, Superboy chapter, you know what's going to happen. He's going to meet Superboy. He's going to beat Superboy. He's going to fly off. And everyone's going to think Superboy's dead. Right. But I'm curious what's going to happen in action comics, particularly because one of the solicits has completely spoiled that none of the characters are dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the solicits was, even with Steel and Superboy by his side, and you're like, I guess Steel's not dead then. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I don't think he killed anyone. I mean, I think they're playing super coy, which I think could have worked to their advantage if they had played this whole thing right. And we'll, we'll see if they will. It, I, well, it's one of these things. I think they're playing super coy, which could have worked if it wasn't for the fact that everyone was already like DC Comics is racist. Right, exactly. I think as soon as you're doing that, you can't pretend to kill one of your main black characters. Right. And then not give any follow-up for six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's when it really falls down. That that just does not. You can't do that because all because what's what's going to happen is what happens. Everyone's like, of course, the Killing Steel, they're racist, right? Do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 a no win scenario, but they managed to make it even more of a lose one. Wow. Oh yeah, exactly. Which is the DC trick, I think. <laughs> it, is, it is the DC way. It was. Um, <laughs> did you see a user? Did you see a userama my comment about Marvel releasing a comic called Flashpoint in July? Um, it's... Marvel, Marvel are releasing yes. a one shot called Flashpoint. That's right. Uh, and I, and I said I made a point of saying that you know they probably think they're doing this because they want to make the retailer feel overwhelmed. And I was like, but DC's already to put out twenty Flashpoints, <laughs> Flashpoints in one month. I think DC's done that pretty well already. I mean, really, it was one of those. I I think they thought it was one of these Marvel haha we're going to be so funny thing, but I think they've probably killed the sales of that because a retailer is just going to look at it and be like flashpoints, no thanks, no thank I'm you. Gonna, I, I'm going to lower my orders in that. <laughs> well, yes, I mean Marvel's done some other asshatty names type stuff with DC crossovers. I kind of thought they'd given that up, but apparently it's the same thing. As someone pointed out, for Final Crisis, they renamed a DVD release of the Wolverine animated series Final Crisis Trilogy. The yeah. episodes were not called that. The episodes were called Foresight Trilogy, and they renamed the DVD release the Final Crisis Trilogy. Oh my god, that's really wow! I mean, I, that, that's like hilariously. Yeah, it really is. You know? That's like walking, like going out of your way to cross the street to like kick somebody, you know, to trick trip somebody. It's just really weird, weird, weird. Like, 
weird, yeah, weirdly dickish. Uh, yeah, no, I actually, I saw your, I, it took me a second. That was like your second post there. It was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was the one after the one where I had say hello to everyone. Which was great too. I, the, the, the fact that you had the Thor panel for that was two <laughs> panels. Hilarity. I have to and say. I, I, I wasn't going to use those panels. I was going to use the panels of the, the hammers coming to earth and fear itself. Because I'm pretty sure, like, there's a really like no good will come of this line at the end of that. And then I saw, and then I saw it and me like the serpents had returned, and I was like, oh, oh, it's too perfect. I have to. I have to. So, well, anyway, what do you think about worthy? The fear itself worthy. Uh, have you it, seen? Have you seen that? Um, Rich Johnson has basically revealed who they all are. No, I mean I saw that there was that on a storyline and I mean on a on uh, Bleeding Cool yesterday and didn't click through because things were kind of crazed at work so I'm very behind in the news cycle like maybe two days so uh, so so the Hulk is one I'm completely spoiling it for people people stop listening I'm just going to spoil it for everyone just because Jeff wants it spoiled I do we, yeah but we should not do this on a podcast people might care people think- might actually want to know who 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 they are, I will say, I will reveal one further one from the Hulk, if only because they actually kind of have given the Hulk one away by showing the Hulk cover uh-huh. with him as it. But um, in Marvel solicitations, they have done the worst job imaginable of hiding the identity of another. Wow. Um, by the, so, uh, in the July solicitations, there's a book called Fear Itself FF issue one. Mm-hmm. And this list is something like now that. XXXXXXXX has been turned into the has been chosen one the worthy nothing will be the same itself the cover of that shows a silhouette of like it's very obvious who the character is right and the number of X's actually is right if you just replace the characters <laughs> so you look at it and you're like wait so it's FF which character has three letters and then five letters <laughs> Who looks kind of big and bulky? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like you're—they're not even. It's like they want you to guess. They want you to know. It's like uh, the thing that's funnier about that was, Ray Johnson had previously found an earlier, previously found and posted an earlier version of that image. Uh-huh. Okay, that was that still had the blacked out character. Mm-hmm. But you know how Marvel images have the text along the bottom saying what book it's from? Yes. It had. It, it wasn't called Fear Itself FF. It was called Fear Itself, the name of the character. <laughs> and I guess, I guess, at some point, someone looked at it and they're like, "Well, we can't call it that because that's kind of a giveaway." Right. Exactly. Because so, it's the name of this character, then people might guess that's who it is. Oh um, God. Yeah, it's it's weird. Well, I do say, and you don't have to give this away by talking about it, and hopefully we will not screw it for these spoiler people, but, I mean, did I miss the who cares memo? I mean, did, I mean, I don't mean that. I mean, I'm sort of, like, being a dick about it, but I'm like, what no, is no, no, really. Like, why would you want to spoil I mean, like, I, I'm like, what's the point of that? Like, why would that have any emphasis at all? You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. Well, the whole worthy thing in general... Um, First of all, it reminds me really much of Blackest Night, mm-hmm. where other characters get mystical objects that turn them into different costumed versions, so that the toy department is very happy. 
Right, exactly. So it's like, huh, I wonder where we've seen this before. But also, I mean, I guess, because a lot of them seem to be good guys, is worth pointing out. Right. Originally, originally it was teased as villains are going to get this and turn into villain, like evil Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to be a lot of good guys are getting it and getting turned into evil good guy Thor. Okay, so they're evil. So there are, the worthy yeah, they're evil. Like, so there is like seven of them, and of the seven, I think only four are bad guys. Maybe three. Huh. Right, which makes sense because, of course, it's, you know, I mean, I do think that the secret of the modern crossover is that, it, or really most of modern superhero comics is, it's not necessarily that interesting to watch superheroes fight supervillains. It's more interesting to watch superheroes fight other superheroes, you know, which, I mean, goes back to the Marvel team-up days, but like, but really, quote-unquote, fight. You know, so I, I'm kind of. Uh... But again, I, I honestly think that Blackest Night not killed that, but Blackest Night like took that idea as far as it can go. Blackest yeah. Night had, was like seven issues of here are your favorite heroes, but they're trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't see how Fear Yourself, if that is its gimmick, which I it can't be the central gimmick. In fact, that's not true. Right. Fractions even said what the central mm-hmm. gimmick of Fear Yourself is. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I didn't even know until Ed Brubaker said it on a podcast, and he said it, and I was like, "Oh, suddenly a lot of issue one makes more sense to me." Oh, yeah. um, have you read it yet? Have you read issue one? I, I still haven't. I'll probably pick it up tomorrow. So, uh, but you... the, the, the gimmick of the series <sighs> is that Odin is such a dick mm-hmm. because the serpent character that comes back, that mm-hmm. the Red Skull's daughter calls All Father, is the real All Father. Odin is not the All-Father. Uh, Odin is going to be revealed to be a fake. I mean, he's still going to be Odin, presumably, but right. he's not going to be the All-Father Odin, whatever that means. Right. He and, was basically a usurper to the actual yes. genuine and that, father. And that, he, and that once he knows the serpent character is back, he's basically like, I'm getting out of Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm trying to get out of here as quickly as possible. Uh, uh, and you're coming with me whether you like it or not. And basically the reason he has to fight with Thor is he's just like, you are you are coming with me. You might want to stay here and be a good guy, but you're going to die. So you're coming with me. Wow. You know, dear Which listeners. Really does- wait, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, like, because yeah, yeah, I, I hate to interrupt. It is my horrible attention span. But I'm like, dear listeners, if only you knew how much of our podcast was meant talking about grifters before we actually went on air the idea of grifter odin kind of like turning around and going whoop gotta go is really kind of awesome i mean i know that's probably not how they're going to pan it out but i'm like that would be spectacular he's no longer like old dick odin he's now like hey right exactly you want a rainbow bridge i can tell you a rainbow bridge (laughs) exactly it's like forsooth i need change for a hundred dollars Dost thou have five twenties? Oh wait, I have five fives. Can I get twenty five ones from that? You know, just sort of like I like it's like the idea that like fear itself will turn into a version of Paper Moon with like Odin and Thor like running around running grift would be like the probably the second best turn this this miniseries could have taken. I also realize that there's something about Fear Itself that actually doesn't make sense, and I really hope this is explained in the second issue, which is Asgard has crashed into Earth. Yes. Okay? 
At the end of the last Thor arc, Thor destroys the world tree. Right. Where does where do Odin and the Asgardians go at the end of Fear itself? Oh. Uh. Like, because they leave Earth. Mm-hmm. And they seem to leave Earth using the world tree, which doesn't exist anymore. Right. In a comic written by the same guy who wrote Fear itself. Wow. Wow. The, Are you the whole, shitting the whole, me? The whole thing about Fear itself is that Asgard is on. Like, Asgard crashing into the ground is, like, a main thing in the comic. And I only realized this, like, on rereading it, I was just like, I have no idea where they're going. I, mean, I hope, I hope <laughs> this like, issue starts with, like, all of them wandering in space and being like, oh, fuck, this is a bad idea. <laughs> right, exactly. Can we go back as, like, shut up? We yeah, shall continue to sail the seas. Shut up, whole time. <laughs> My refusal to take any of the Thor mythos seriously in this Fear Itself cry- crossover is sort of disappointing. So, uh, huh. Can I just say, one of my favorite things that happened this week, comic-wise, was um, a... I don't know if it's a... Re- it must be a reader, actually, because if they're referring to something I said in Robot 6, but potentially a podcast listener as well, giving me shit for not buying the Walt Simonson omnibus store <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> I honestly thought that was hilarious. He said, shocked and dismayed that you weren't getting the Simonson omnibus. My copy is shipped. For I am a true Viking, unlike thou. Oh, is this was this actually the Th- the mighty Thor? No, 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 no. This is Conrad O'Connor. <laughs> oh, that's the best! I can't believe someone gave you shit. I don't think any- this is the great thing, Graham. You just have to stop reading comic books like me. Nobody gives me crap about anything because they really can't, you know. It's it's like teasing the old guy who who's willing to like dance for change to buy gin. Like they're like, ah, you know. But I just I just those letters and I have to write back. I'd love to buy it. It's one hundred twenty five dollars that I don't have. <laughs> I mean, don't be wrong. Like I I love this book. I oh, love I this. Book. I know. But I know. I it's one hundred twenty five dollars. I, I can't know. buy this. Well, I'm kind of hoping I wasn't dumb enough to pre order it. <laughs> And I'll find I'm, kind out. Of, I'm kind of hoping that you wear it, to be perfectly honest. Because I will find out when I show up at the at the comic book store. Because it was solicited such a long time ago. I think I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I was probably like, oh, what the hell? And then I'm like, ah, but the money. And, you know, it was like months and months ago. I'm like, ah, money shmoney, you know, so. Well, no, let's do that. I was really tempted to do that. I was really tempted to pre-order it. I, I, on the pretense of like, you know, it won't be, you know, I'm sure I'll have the money. I, I'm so glad I didn't because it comes out the time where like I have the least amount of money in the world. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, and I did. Did Hibs ever reply? I, this is something you wouldn't know, but on the shipping list uh, for the Savage Critic website, I did wonder aloud. Like, I was like, wow, it's kind of a shame that the industry isn't doing well overall because. You know, if Hibbs was flesh, I could see him ordering a case of those goddamn things. You know what I mean? Because I just don't see... I would think those... I think the Simons and Thors are going to be the sort of thing that you're going to be able to sell this week, oh, forever. this month. Exactly, exactly. But you also know that Marvel... Maybe Marvel will be better about keeping them in print, at least through the movies out, I guess. But there's a way, which I guess is really shockingly not for much longer. It's almost out. Um, yeah, the, but, the movie's out next month. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, I, I, I I can't even believe that. Anyway, uh, no, Hibbs did not actually um, 
uh, yeah. Uh, every, everyone's got their theories about Hibbs, and he's un- unfortunately did not chip in. Hopefully, I'll see him tomorrow and be like, "Okay, you son of a bitch, how many copies of Thor Omnibus did you buy?" Because you know when the the humanoids came out with that complete Incal um, yeah. hardcover volume, he only filled subs on that. He only filled subs on it because yeah, he but, got but again. Yes. I can understand that. I mean, it's the Thor book at least is $125. You yeah. can completely, completely fuck yourself in that. Sure, yeah. it will sell in the long term, but you can't mm-hmm. pay for it in the long term. You've got to pay for it in the short term. Exactly. Well, and that's what I was saying. Like, if the marketplace was flush <laughs> and Hibbs had the disposable income, but because sales are down and his operating income is tighter, like, he can't make that investment. And it was the same thing with this this in-call. And, and uh, listeners, keep it. Dear listeners, please keep in mind, I have no idea. Like, Hibbs could, like, totally, you know, be doing something completely different. But my assumption is, based on his other stuff, for example, this complete Incal hardcover, he was like, okay, I will fill the suborders, and then, you know, I'll order two more a month later, and you know what I mean? And But because the humanoids only filled to their original orders and did, like, 750 of these sons of bitches, like... It's now selling for like two hundred and fifty dollars at at conventions, and Hibbs is like, I could have sold those all year, you know. Not, uh, he's like, I couldn't have stockpiled them, but I could have sold those for the next two years easily. Um, and now uh, did, he. Did you see? I'm sorry. What? I was going to say, did you see the press release for the Ultimate Spider-Man issue? No. Oh God, Tony. Uh, so Ultimate Spider-Man issue 60 I I believe is the final issue of the series uh, uh-huh. in part because they have not solicited Ultimate Spider-Man 161 this month uh, but they have solicited something called uh, something like Aftermath or something like that um, they put out a press release that says we are only printing to order in this one and it will only be available uh, or rather it will not be available on the newsstand which means if you want a print copy you have to go to the direct market and that honestly, like that, I, that made me angry, because that is completely shitting on retailers. Yeah, yeah, it completely is. This is going to be a big book, but you're going to have to pay for it all and speculate ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone wants to buy it, they're going to get it from you, so that's great. Apart from, we're not going to be able to promise it's going to be a big hit, and you've got to pay for it all ahead of time. And we're never going to reprint it, apart from in the trades, but they don't count. Ha ha! I mean, really pissed me off. It's, it's yeah. really just shitting on people. You know, I, I have to say, and, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, but one of the things is I remember thinking, uh, you know, when Casada took over as EIC for Marvel, one of the things that he talked about was that he was not a believer in... The limited cover polybag scenario. It was the sort of thing that he. No, I mean, and he said, no, no, he's I like, got, it's I not. I think because uh, the uh, last issue of Alpha Spider Man also has a variant polybag. That's what I heard. Like, that's what somebody actually told me. This shows you how touch I am. I'm like, a variant polybag. Yes. And. It's variant polybag for the variant cover. Yeah. I was like. So, the, so here's the thing. I really do have this thing of like now that Casada's out as EIC, he's moved on to his other position, and Alonso's moved in. Like I hadn't thought that Casada had been any sort of cooling factor for the last couple of years. You know, as the number of variant covers picked up at Marvel and all of their other crazinesses. 
you know, that he was kind of like, well, I do what I can, but, you know, the marketplace is the marketplace kind of noise that he would make. I do actually wonder if he was sort of keeping some of Dan Buckley or other people's instincts kind of in check. And now that he's gone, they're like, okay, full speed ahead, man. Like, you know, Speculatorville Ahoy, you know, polybags. Multiple poly bags, variant poly bags. <laughs> variant poly bags honestly just makes me laugh. It's it's one of those really? That's what you're doing? I mean I can almost see the point of it because a variant cover in a poly bag comic, how would you know? Right. You so know? why not like, do a variant poly bag so that you can have your variant book underneath? I mean, it does make sense. In a way, it's also but it's also like really Oh it's just terrible. it's yeah, it's just like wrong in a way. Yeah, really, it's just like really. You could just like skip the varying cover for this issue. <laughs> like it just no. have, like one polybag. Well, but I mean, here's the thing that's really weird. If this is the last issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like okay. maybe because it... they're going to relaunch it. Oh right, of course they are. Right, right, right. What am I thinking? I'm like actually like no, they'll end it and move on. Like ah, here oh. here is here is a, a death. A sign that they're going to probably relaunch the entire Ultimate line. The mm-hmm. Ultimate Aftermath book, or whatever it's actually called, is written by Bendis and Nick Spencer and another writer who's never written an Ultimate book before. Uh, wow. Wow. I can't remember who it is, but it's Bendis and Nick Spencer. I remember Nick Spencer very clearly. Wow. I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I have to say, I I really I'm 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 sort of shocked, and I'm also sort of like, you know, I, bored. Are you bored? I you know I'm actually still kind of reeling. I'm like, uh, man, this is going to be so funny when we start talking about the one book that I more or less read this week, in between all my other jumping around things, because it's so like I'm like, hey, guess who has two thumbs and finally read Green Lantern Secret Origin. This guy, uh, which is kind of like the Green Lantern screenplay storyboard, isn't it? I mean, I sort of knew that at the time, but having seen a couple of trailers for Green Lantern now and looking and then reading Green Lantern Secret Origin, I'm like, wow, they they really they, tried to follow this. They stayed faithful to Jeff, didn't they? They sure did, which makes sense, I think, in the way that the new DC is doing things. But I have to say that Green Lantern Secret Origin, although it wasn't as bad as Superman's Secret Origin, was an incredibly dull book. Like, and oh, kind of rushed and doesn't connect the dots. And here's the thing, it's kind of rushed and also at least an issue too long. Yeah, right, at the same time. Well, it's, it's paced badly, which is one of those weird things that... Um, Again, I would say for the most part, you used to not be able to say about a Jeff Johns book, um, and and especially one that you know this followed Secret Origin followed right on the heels of the Sinestro Corps War. Yeah, which I like, remember being like literally like four issues later or something. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, okay, I will pick this up, and I was off the book by like two, I think, uh, issue two of that 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 Secret Origin thing, and looking at it, it's. It's it's just phenomenally badly paced. It's got all these little pieces in place, but like by the time that Sinestro like shows up on Earth doing this thing, 
you know, that the Guardians are opposed to and Atrocitus has been running amok supposedly for two issues and doing nearly no damage or anything other than setting up bizarre bullshit that's going to pay off in Blackest Night, there's this weird, like, like, like Hal Jordan and Sinestro so clearly do not bond, and yet you have one panel where suddenly, like, Hal Jordan's like, I never had anyone who ever understood me except for Sinestro. And I'm like, all he did was say something like, get out of the way, dumbass. You know what I mean? Like, it hey, really was like... The way he said it. Yeah, I guess then, it's then all... Then you the see the look in his eyes. Get out of the way, dumbass. It is I, Sinestro. <laughs> I kind of like that sexy I Sinestro love voice. Sinestro says like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> that I am White great? Lantern. <laughs> it is I, the White Lantern. Stand aside. Oh, you I know, know, I, I, I've just looked up. Uh, Ultimate Fallout is what it's called. It's the first three issues of a six-issue series, and it's Brian Michael Bendis, Jonathan Hickman, and Nick Spencer. Oh, Jonathan Hickman. Wow. 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 I have to say, I'm, I'm like, I, I guess the, I don't know. I, I'm, I have to really, after listening to our last podcast, which I have not put up and having edited the podcast before that in relatively short order, I was like, I have to curb my tendency to say negative things about the industry because I generally, A, like comics, B, like our listeners, <laughs> C, don't also like being a buzzkill. One day, <laughs> wait. I'm sorry. What was that? Hope to work in the industry one day as well. Well, that's true too. Yeah, it would be kind of hard walking around. I, going I'm like, giving you a D. D. Yeah. Please don't burn your bridges before you've even walked over them. I know, but that's kind of the way that I think that I've maybe done things. Like, I'm fine as nobody actually listens to this, but once people start listening, I'm like, ah, DC and Marvel, they'll be dead in a year. You know, it's like, yeah, so I was actually supposed to say something, was going to say something kind of snarky about how quickly uh, names seem to be rising in this industry. And then oh, I was like, oh, if you don't want to say that, I'll say that. Hey, Nick Spencer, you must have blackmailed photographs of someone <laughs> i i don't care i don't care whether you're a great writer or not and based upon what i've read like superboy was great but it was also scott pilgrim um everything else has been okay um but how the hell do you get a marvel exclusive and like working on the ultimate books and all of that it's amazing that was a, that ascent was truly stunning wasn't it the truly stunning yeah. he, I mean honestly he must be the schmooziest schmoozer in the world yeah he must well I, think about I mean, it. he came from mm-hmm. like an image book that no one read mm-hmm. an image book that some people read mm-hmm. thunder agents at DC thunder agents for fuck's sake to mm-hmm. a Marvel exclusive right right well but does that sound like Marvel exclusive Hickman, before- or am I paying attention or is Hickman not exclusive? I want to say that Hickman had secret warriors under his belt before he got the exclusive. Unless oh, I'm massively misremembering, I think Spencer's exclusive might have been announced before his first ongoing series was. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that could very well be the case. I mean, it would not surprise me. I mean, uh, yeah. it's stunning. And also, it's like, everyone's like, he's doing, secret, uh, he's doing Secret Avengers. And he's doing it for four issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he's off. Right, like right. that's stunning. My, like Marvel, pay, Marvel have presumably paid this guy a lot of money, mm-hmm. especially if all the rumors are true. And 
he's doing what cloak and dagger and what right. else is he doing? Like, I guess I guess an ultimate book. He's doing this ultimate relaunch thing. So it, are the rumors that he got paid a, a shit ton of money to go exclusive with Marvel? Or is that the I, whole, I, like, I could, he was supposed been, to take over Supergirl and Marvel snagged yeah, him with DC? Yeah. Okay, that, right. so that's, that's the story. That's, like the, that's, the, that's the version of rumors I'm willing to see while we're being recorded. <laughs> right, right. Fair enough. But it's Fair just enough. Like, there are other stronger rumors. Wow. See, I'm I'm so far behind the rumor curve as well. I'm like, what do you hear about Artie Simic? Is 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 like I've Artie Simic? You know, I've heard he's a wonderful letterer. <laughs> I've heard he's amiable as well. <laughs> but yeah, like I was like, wow, Nick Spencer, Jonathan Hickman, and Bendis like relaunching the Ultimate Universe. I'm just sort of like. This is like I remember when it was like, "Hey, Jeff Loeb coming in to write the ultimate." The fuck yeah, up. which was yeah. what two years ago. Yeah, I mean seriously, yeah. to relaunch the ultimate universe two years ago, mm-hmm. it must mm-hmm. be. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's just. I mean, I don't like Hickman's writing that much. Hickman is one of those people who, uh, I mean, it's one of those things. Everyone else seems to love him. And I'm completely left cold by him. Um, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because people keep saying, well, we just FF from the beginning. And I have been doing so, and I'm still left cold by him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I can, I still give him more jobs than I did Nick Spencer because he at least did stuff. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, really, how did Nick Spencer, I mean, was, was Jimmy Olsen that good? Is that what it yeah. was? So, like, did people see the, the buzz about the Jimmy Olsen? Because Jimmy Olsen was a seriously buzzed about strip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then see, they said, well, I- we're going to take him, him away from DC. I mean, what right. the hell happened there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, 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 think that, I think that's what's going on. And I think I'm really fascinated by the idea that that is... Um... I, I sort of lost my thought uh, train of thought because I was thinking of trying to remember the, the guys who are doing detective comics where the sales are actually going up. Scott Snyder and Jock. Yeah, thanks. I knew that Jock was doing that, but I'm like, it's Scott Snyder, right? Like, I fully expect him to get snapped up too in a way because I almost feel like it just seems like the marketplace has so few people that seem to have any heat attached to them in it, the big two. Yeah, if DC are in any way smart whatsoever mm. they will sign scott snyder up for our dc exclusive immediately they'll do yeah. the same for cornell and they'll do the same for chris roberson because otherwise someone is going to try and steal them really quickly and that's someone of course is going to be marvel yeah exactly exactly and i really do hope that dc's being a little more on the ball about it but i am fascinated in that the what used to be a much longer the dogs are big fans of Scott Snyder. Apparently. <laughs> exclusive. Exclusive. No, I'll take them. No, me. Uh, you, you don't want an early exclusive. Because exclusive is much, much better. Oh, is Gus, it? Gus, Gus is medical. <laughs> but Gus Gus is slow. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. The approval process from Gus is much slower than the approval process from Ernie. He's, exactly. He's right there. Ernie's like, <laughs> yes, whatever. Yes, yes, yes. See, you can hear it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, hope that we keep doing this podcast for decades 
so that like when people tune in will it'll be 90% us talking about our pets and pretending that they're running the comic industry and only 10% actual industry news cuz i think it's not pretty think much it's not pretty much what we've done today really <laughs> Yeah, that is true. Well, it's it's still kept to a, a minor amount. Uh, yeah, I I thought I, I am shocked about about the rise. I do kind of feel like there's, I mean, and there are still dudes who are paying dues. There's a lot of guys who are still paying dues in, and who knows? At some point, maybe they'll do a book that catches some buzz, and then suddenly they'll see the same thing. But, but honestly, like the idea that Nick Spencer can get a Marvel exclusive. Uh, that quickly and it took like Rick Remender that long to get one when people were lapping up his Punisher. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, or, or or Paul Tobin or like mm-hmm. I, even though Jeff Parker's got the Hulk I still feel like Jeff Parker is just nowhere near appreciated enough of Marvel. Um, right. There's, it's, yeah, there's there's all these people that I feel are, are really putting in their juice and then you get someone who's really buzzy and I guess just knows how to use the buzz like Nick Spencer because honestly I, I I don't I actually don't understand how Nick Spencer got the 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 exclusives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, unless, unless Marvel is giving exclusives to spite DC it's the only way I can think about it well, there have been times where it seemed like that's what they were doing before. I mean, the thing that I find fascinating is is that there was a while where it seemed like there was that sort of exclusive war. It seems like a very one-sided war. Like, I, maybe I'm not paying attention, but I haven't really heard much about, like, like who got an exclusive, I, I, like I, David I, Finch? I, yeah, Finch got one, Chris Burnham just got one. It's easy. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Um, but I think that's it. I can't think of any other reason, though. Yeah, so it just seems to me like a far, far lower count where DC's like, eh, whatever, you know. Uh, uh, you I, know I, think whereas... I think I think Marvel's much more money, to be honest. For all of the always, yeah. for all of they always portray themselves as, um, as oh, yeah. I think the Marvel plays infinitely more money than DC. Oh yeah, yeah. Certainly, that's I, I would believe that's the case now. But yeah, it's always did a done a thing of. I remember back when sort of the way back in the early days of, of New Marvel where it was like Morrison and Ennis got paid really good money um, but there were other guys who were like we could not believe how badly we were our, our page rates were so bad that we basically had to walk away and they had to offer us something that was at least not insulting you know and I don't know to what extent Marvel's continued to run that through the marketplace but it is. They they act like, oh, pity us. We don't have the money of, oh, AOL Comics. Actually, what am I talking about? They haven't even said that in years. Oh, no, 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 no. The Marvel still occasionally does the, oh, well, God, we're, do they? well, we're no Warners. And it's like, no, you're fucking Disney. You are more successful than Warners. You don't have half the trouble and mismanagement of Warners. Well, yeah, there is that. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so... Anyway, well, yes. Uh, so let me see. What can I say? I picked up. Uh, I, I picked up the second volume of Dungeon for like a dollar ninety-eight. I'm super happy about that. Yay! <laughs> is, is that your attempt at being positive about comics? That is. That is. I was like, okay, not going to bitch about Green Lantern, Secret Origin. Not going to say anything about Marvel. I'm going to be positive about comics. It's something this weekend, and I'm completely excited. 
Ah, fantastic. So this is the the show, and I did see your column, which I quite loved, about it. It's not a con, it's a fest. Uh, Yeah, which is what they call it, but it's entirely right, because it's it's like the the most un-con con ever, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which is spectacular, which I love. It's, so it's, I, mean, I mean, you just wonder. I mean, last last year, Paul Pope was at a table the same size as like Bill Mudron. Do you know what I mean? And like Bill Mudron is spectacular, but uh-huh. also Paul Pope is Paul Pope. Like Paul right. Pope is massive. I, I love that it's that level of democracy. I love that. I love that you can wander around and you're like, oh look, there's Steve Weaver just sitting at a table, and you can just go and hang out with him. I, right. Oh yeah, completely love it. Oh, that's fabulous. Well, uh, well, good. I'm glad. Next week we will have to talk. I'll have comics read, and you will have to give us all a fascinating Stumptown report. Well, I will. I will try and find something interesting about something to tell you all about. I guess I, I will try and find. You know, I'll try and find. I'll try and find some good mini comics. Yes, find some good minis. Find find the next Onion Head monster and uh, tell us all about it. <laughs>